Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. Well, everyone, uh, please welcome a brand new guest to the podcast, Zariah. Hey, everybody. I'm Zariah. Um, I usually stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Zariah. Very cool. Do you have any sort of Twitter or anything else like that that you'd like people to, to go and check you out at? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, uh, at Zariah underscore B. Uh, you can also find anything I uh, post on Zariah.tv. Oh, cool. You're one of the few people that actually has their own uh, website as well. A lot of people have a Twitter or a Twitch and YouTube and such. But um, like myself, I've also got vmcampus.com and you got Zariah.tv, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm trying to move it over right now. It's uh, hosted through Streamlabs, hmm. uh, but I'm trying to make something a little more custom. Uh, move over to WordPress at some point. Yeah, I have looked at the Streamlabs, you know, free or not free, but I've looked at Streamlabs' version of things, and it looks okay, but if you know a little bit of WordPress, you can definitely create something a little bit more customized. For sure, for sure. Um, I do a little bit of coding from time to time, so I can also get under the hood, as it were. Oh, very nice. I've got some experience there, too. So I'm sure you you are able to roll up your sleeves and work with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and maybe more. Yeah. I've actually, uh, for my stream, too, I built a couple little applets. Um, I have a Go Live timer that I built from scratch. Hmm. Uh, a few other things like that. Oh, that's very cool. What language did you use? Uh, mostly JavaScript. Um, I've actually been looking into Node.js mm. development. Mm -hmm. uh, to take over instead of PHP, but mm -hmm. I know for WordPress, I have to use PHP. Yeah. Well, everyone, this has been another episode of uh, JavaScript Chat with VM Campos. Yeah. Podcast <laughs> within a podcast, right? Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Let's talk a little bit about uh, magic. So how long have you been playing any form of magic in general? So I've been playing magic uh, mostly for the last little over a year now. Mm -hmm. um, I played it a few times uh, back in 2009 to 2012, but mm -hmm. I never really picked up my interest at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, about September of last year, uh, my friend Lucky Khajiit got me into Magic Arena uh, while it was still in the closed beta. Mm -hmm. uh, and that just took me. Uh, <laughs> I got really into Magic very quickly at that point. Uh, mm -hmm. I found that MTG Arena was especially a good way to get into it because of, you know, everything was free uh, for the most part. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a really good tool to learn the rules and the interactions of the card uh, without having to remember everything off the top of your head. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Arena is a great way to introduce a lot of players. And I, I kind of do see an influx of new people coming to check it out because a game that's 25 years old, a lot of people could have the difficulty in how do I even jump in and what are the rules and I've got to remember everything. So Arena is just a great way to introduce uh, a new generation of players. Yeah, I, uh, I went and played some games over at my local game shop, uh, and there was a lot of new, you know, interested people at the store. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime they would have questions about like how to play the game, uh, I would always recommend to them getting on Arena and uh, checking it out. Mm -hmm. You know, partially because it's really easy to get into, and uh, partially just it teaches you everything pretty well. 
Definitely. Now, when you first played, you said between 2009 and 2012 or so. Do you remember what sets those were at that time? Oh, I have no idea. Um, my way of getting into the game was we'd been over at a um, used, or, you know, a, a local game shop, and we were looking mm -hmm. through singles. Um, I just kind of bought whatever looked good at the time, not <laughs> really knowing that much about it, and ended up with a mishmash of goblins and giants. <laughs> I think it was mostly common and uncommon fodder, so it, it wasn't anything particularly good. Sure, sure. But was there any sort of card that you still remember that was pretty amazing when you got it back then? Um, I remember there were, nothing in particular stood out to me, uh, but there were a few that I know the goblins and giants comboed together. So you could, mm. uh, I don't know, you, you make a bigger, stompier deck mm -hmm. with them. <laughs> now, I first played in high school and for me that was in the 90s so i played between 1995 and 1999 but no i don't i don't have any black lotus i don't have any power nine i don't have anything good like that i still have my original cards from back then they're a little beat up uh, but they've still got a lot of memories so my first generation of magic was back then 95 to 99 and then i gave it up for a long time until 2017 and for whatever reason, I kind of got the bug again to check it out. I'd kind of always seen that magic was around throughout all of the years. But then uh, I bought like my first booster pack of Hour of Devastation in 2017 at Target. And I've been hooked ever since. So uh, I, I kind of see that from a lot of people that they start at one point, they play for a little bit, and then they come back stronger the second time. Would you say that's, you know, something that that uh, categorizes you? I'd say that for sure. Yeah. Um, I'd also say it's probably just card games in general. Um, so my high school experience was closer to like, uh, 2004 to 2008. Mm -hmm. So, uh, magic was a little bit too much for, you know, my age group at the time growing up, mm -hmm. uh, we were, we were a Yu-Gi-Oh school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so you know, but then playing Yu-Gi-Oh, you'd always hear people talk about and compare it to Magic. And so at some point, you know, back in my mind, it was like, well, one day I'll try that out. Yes. I'm actually the advisor of a card club at the local college. And in there, we, we have everyone play everything. But the two big groups are definitely Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh. And then third place seems to be Vanguard. I've never played it before, and there's not a lot of players, but have you have you heard of that one? Card Fight Vanguard, I believe, is the full name. I The name is familiar for sure, but I can't say that I really know that much about it myself. Uh, one of my best friends works at a local game store near me. I think she probably had picked up some of them, but... That's uh, that's about all I know about it. Mm -hmm. I'm always uh, Joseph is always trying to convince me about, hey, come and learn Vanguard. I'm like, well, there's a brand new set of magic, so after I master that one, I'll uh, maybe look at Vanguard. I'm actually kind of surprised the third one's not uh, Pokemon, because I know that TCG is still alive and kicking. Definitely, and that's surprising as well. Uh, I think on previous semesters, Pokemon might have been one of the top three or four, but it seems that everyone's consolidated around Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh, and then there's a couple of Vanguard players. Nice. I know uh, was, there's one other trading card game I've played in the past. It's kind of wild and out there. It's called Weiss Schwartz, uh, yeah. and it's all themed around different animes. Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember that name, yes. I don't remember how it plays or anything, but I vaguely remember the name. 
Yeah, it had something to do with like your your character cards were like idols, and there was a stage that they played on. It's it was fun when we played it, but we only played it like once or twice. <laughs> well, back when I uh, was playing in the nineties, uh, Magic made such a big impression that there were there were literally trading card games of Star Trek. Star Wars, the X-Files, Marvel characters, and even Mortal Kombat. So uh, all of these games owe a lot to that original trading card game, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, that's for sure. I do remember uh, everybody and their mother was getting a card game back then. <laughs> yes. Everyone was trying to capitalize. Now, I stream every Saturday, and I've been recently oh, uh, cracking packs, real-life packs, uh, my local comic shop, opened up their vaults and apparently found a bunch of old TCGs from the 90s. So I actually opened up a booster pack of the Terminator, Terminator 2 card game. And I think I opened the mythic rare Sarah Connor. So I'm adding her to my deck. Oh, huh. okay. <laughs> I actually didn't know that they had a card game. I did have the Star Wars one for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, never played it though. Could not tell you how it worked, but they looked cool. I think I played it briefly with my brother, but I, I don't know what, I don't think we knew what we were doing. We just kind of tried different card games in addition to magic and we weren't even playing magic correctly, I'm sure, but it was, um, it was fun. And then now with, like we've been saying with arena, you are able to learn it much better and it teaches you as you go and you have Sparky there to teach you how to play. So I think that's the latest and greatest way to play magic. Yeah. I know at TwitchCon, I actually helped a friend to get started in arena mm -hmm. uh, they're more of a hearthstone player usually but they were doing some uh you know big get to know the game thing in the land area mm -hmm. uh, i had to help them out with fighting nico bolas though because that's where it starts to get a little bit complicated <laughs> yes oh, that's cool so you went to twitchcon this one in 2018 or 2019 uh 2019 yeah that was the one in san diego right yeah that's where I'm based at at the moment. Nice. There's a chance we may have passed each other if you were there. Oh, I, I wasn't able to make it to TwitchCon. I was at San Diego Comic-Con, though, but I, I want to go in for the next one. Is it always in San Diego, or does it travel around? I think last year it was... You know, I don't remember for sure. I know next year for sure they are in San Diego because they did already announce that uh, at the end of this TwitchCon. Mm -hmm. So... I think pre-orders for the tickets open in like June, I want to say. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that after I saw that it passed me up this past year or this past time. I thought, well, if it's going to be in San Diego again, I might try to get in on it because uh, I know that San Diego Comic Con is really fun and a convention based a little bit more on gaming um, would be even more fun. So yeah, maybe we'll uh, we'll run into there, into each other there or do a part two of this podcast there. Yeah, it was actually... So TwitchCon this year was the same weekend as the Throne of Eldraine draft. Uh, the last thing I streamed right before I left was the uh, MTG Arena pre-release event. Mm -hmm. And so that weekend, I didn't get a chance to draft Throne of Eldraine for the pre-release, but I ended up doing a Modern Horizons draft that they were holding at the event. Oh, cool. Hi. How did that work with such a, an eclectic mix in Modern Horizons? Not super well. It was definitely not my format. Mm -hmm. Draft is still something I'm trying to pick up. Uh, 
but I got a couple cool cards out of it. Yes. I uh, pulled a Mox Tantalite. And oh, cool. I can't remember what else, but I'm starting to build an Urza Commander deck, so mm. that's going in there. Mm-hmm. That's uh, one of the best cards in that set, especially for a commander. Yeah, I did get an Urza from my friend who worked at that LGS. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sold off a bunch of cards, and that was one of them, so I bought it from her for a little bit of a discount. Oh, that's cool. That's always good when you can get the pieces of a deck. And one of the things that I marveled at when Arena uh, implemented the wild card system was that if you can, ha- if you have one wild card, you can basically trade it for any card, which in real life, of course, is a little bit more difficult in that you have to buy the individual card or crack it in the pack or trade it or whatever. But when I saw wild cards in Arena, I thought that was amazing. Now, there's still a little room for improvement, but what do you think in general about the wild card system in Arena? I think it's pretty good. Um, I think my only issue is just how often you get those wild cards. Uh, I do like cracking the packs and getting all the cards, but uh, it's definitely much better to be able to go through and and buy what you need, uh, especially if you have a specific deck idea in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you find a sweet list online, it'll be a little easier to put together once you've got those wild cards. Yeah, for sure. even then, sometimes I'll just get a super wild idea and go start, you know, trying to get all the cards that I want to get for it mm-hmm. uh, together. Yeah. Let's backtrack slightly. Both of us were in the pre-release, actually, that Throne of Eldrain. I think that's where I uh, first made a note to contact you. So thanks to Wizards of the Coast uh, for having us both on that uh, on that pre-release for Throne of Eldrain. Have you done any pre-releases before with Watsi? I did. I think uh, Throne of Eldraine was my third pre-release. Uh, the first one I did, I want to say, was uh, Ravnica Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, War of the Spark. They got quite a few people in uh, just to make sure everything was pretty well fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I did three. So I started with um, War of the Spark and then Corsa 2020 and then Throne of Eldraine. So that's been a very fun event to get to play the cards really early and kind of like have a lot of like-minded people in a variety of skill levels just playing with the cards, trying to figure out the new meta. I remember when the the Risen Reef deck was really uh, was really hot uh, during the Corsa 2020 pre-release. Did you have uh, much... Uh, much fun or did you figure out many fun cards and combos when you were in the Eldraine pre-release? Uh, I did. I, I, uh, so the way that I tend to play the pre-releases is I'll go check out the new cards first and foremost. Uh, I know I've seen some of the people coming through who were trying out the older mana decks and, you know, mm-hmm. tweaking them. Uh, my thing was I would like to build you know, new decks from scratch, try yeah. and focus on all the new stuff. Uh, so the one that really stood out to me that I had built was a Selesnia adventure deck, um, which with those lucky clovers, mm-hmm. they're not consistent enough to play competitively, but they are so tantalizingly close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was probably my best, you know, performing deck for a while there. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of on the same boat that I like when a new set comes out, especially with these early access events. I want to just try to craft decks 
with the new set. Yeah, it's fun, I suppose, to try to get the old meta decks and add some new stuff to it, but I would personally love it if those pre-releases were just like focused on, hey everyone, let's just play with the new cards and and let's see what happens. Yeah, before the uh, before the first pre-release I did, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to have access to all the cards or just the new ones, so I had made a couple of decks ahead of time that only focused on the new cards. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I have the old ones as well has opened that up a little bit more so I can play around and do some do some stupid stuff. I like to play stupid decks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty fun. I like to do tribal decks. Like I was I always try to build some kind of cat deck uh, whenever uh, you know, in standard and such. And so when Amon Ket and all of that rotated out, it's like RIP my uh, Regal Caracal deck. And now, uh, have you seen the the secret layers that they've got this week? I know the the cats comes tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. OMG kitties. Uh, that one's got the the foil regal caracal and the Leon and war leader. I definitely had those two in my deck. It's also got Miri, I believe, and maybe one or two more and a couple of tokens. So I want to get one, but. I already have the cards in in you know in in a deck, so it would just kind of be for me overkill to to get them again. Even if you know it's just one of each in the secret layer, I'd have to get uh, four of them if I want to have the full playset, and I want them all perfectly matched up. But I think it's kind of a cool concept overall that they're dipping their toes into making these kind of like secret layer sort of things. What do you think about them in general? I kind of like them. Um, not every single one. I think some were better than others for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do definitely like the alternate art that you get with them. Definitely would probably work a little better if you got the full play sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, uh, I think my my main format outside of Arena is playing Commander, so singles is okay for me. Mm-hmm. I agree on that. The art on all of them was very impressive. Now, obviously, the OMG Kitties is maybe for those that want things a little bit more cute, but the other ones, like the uh, Serum Visions, that was like really trippy, and there was one of them in there that was like in an 8-bit style that I really enjoyed. So I kind of like that direction about uh, let's do some unconventional things and here's some interesting cards, and uh, they are going print to print on demand. Um for 24 hours yeah uh, i think the other one that really struck me was the goblins mm-hmm. uh, because they all had a pretty flat art style mm-hmm. uh, which i think lends well just to the theme of goblins being a little more simplistic mm-hmm. i think so uh back in uh, back in the 90s there was such a big variety of artists nowadays the art is very good of course it's a plus but back in the day they had really cartoony styles versus really realistic styles and everything in the middle. And I kind of miss that there, that there's, there was such a variety of styles. So that goblin deck harkens back to those old artists, you know, like Quentin Hoover or Phil and Kaja Foglio. They had a much more cartoonier style that, that I kind of miss, but uh, it's cool that they uh, did that goblin themed layer that way. Yeah, for sure. It is kind of nice when they step outside of uh, comfort zones, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, try to make something interesting more than necessarily fitting with all the lore, for, you know, 100%. Yeah. Now, in the amount of time that you've played, what would you say your skill level is? Beginner, intermediate, advanced, or somewhere in the middle? 
I would say at this point I'm probably about intermediate. Um, I'd like to say advanced, but I'm definitely still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at that point where I'm trying to further my skills. Um, right now, I'm what everyone calls a Timmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to move a little bit more towards the... Um, I forget the name of it, the competitive one. There's Timmy slash Tammy. There's uh, Johnny slash Jenny. And then there's Spike. Spike is the most competitive one. Yeah, okay, yeah. Spike, that's it. Mm-hmm. What was the... What was Johnny? Johnny is more of a combo player. They're just trying to... They're trying to win, but they're trying to do it in like convoluted combos and such. Whereas Spike is more like, here's the best cards, and I'm going to get you as fast as I can. That's right. Actually, if I had to describe my playstyle, it's somewhere between Timmy and Johnny because I like to make like really out there jank combos. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to win, but I want to win with this like flair and style that <laughs> nine times out of ten doesn't work. But I have fun with it either way. But when it works, it's the most amazing thing ever. Oh my god, yes. Mm-hmm. If I can get one win with a really stupid combo in a night, I'm usually fine. Mm-hmm. I think I go towards that as well. Now, after I got back into Magic in 2017, I was definitely a beginner again because the game had changed so much. Some of the rules and the the borders of the cards had changed, so I was a beginner. But since playing a lot, since coming back to it in 2017, I've been, in my playgroup at least, I'm the advanced player now. And as I play arena with people all over the world, that's when you realize, hmm, there's still a, there's still a path to go to get to the most advanced. So I would comfortably say I'm intermediate. And I think I'm also sort of towards uh, doing like fun, jank stuff. I want to win, of course, but if I win in a fun, weird way, that's even better. And sometimes in like my commander decks, I'm trying to do decks that do, that take down all my opponents at once. Like there's this old card called Pestilence, which is an enchantment and you play and you pay black mana and it deals one damage per black mana. Uh, to every creature and every player. So if I can accumulate a lot of black mana, I'm going to wipe the whole board, maybe wipe my opponent, maybe kill myself, and that's fine because I uh, I like to play a lot of black. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> um, trying to think what I usually play with Commander. Um, I have an enchantment deck right now that can do something like that. It's, it's a little weird to get to, but it's got like a Hydra that can attack all three opponents at once. Hmm. Um, and also a slime that whenever something dies, uh, it gets exiled and its power gets added to the slime. It doesn't matter if I kill it or if another opponent kills it. If it dies, it gets added to an ever-growing creature. So oh, that's fun. Very fun. Mm-hmm. What colors maybe do you do you gravitate to uh, when you play any form of magic? I definitely gravitate towards Naya, um, green, red, and uh, white, which I think probably coincides with when I started playing, because, you know, around the time, uh, September of last year, it was big in the Ixalan block, mm-hmm. uh, had all those, you know, big dinosaurs, and boy, those had some fun combos that you could get. Polyraptor plus the uh, Forerunner of the Empire? Absolutely. <laughs> Probably my favorite card, honestly, was uh, Polyraptor at the time. Still wish I could make it go off more often. It, it was a very expensive card to get out in the field, but yeah. when you did, it was pretty hard to get rid of. Exactly. Even with good ramp, you know, eventually we had Llanowar Elves in that standard, and I still felt like 
It was never quite that easy to get that one Polyraptor out, but when it did, and you had the Forerunner, suddenly you had, what, 15 of them if all went right? And if if you really played it right, you could clear the entire board of anything except Polyraptor and uh, Forerunner. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was a combo where you can give uh, Indestructible, I think, to the Forerunner? There's a few different combos that I saw. The one that uh, I usually gravitated towards was uh, there was an equipment shield that would reduce any damage taken by two. Oh yeah. Uh, so every ping for one then got reduced to zero. Mm-hmm. So effectively indestructible, yeah. Mm-hmm. I notice that when I play, I like decks that are either Demir, so uh, blue and black, or Orzhov, black and white. So uh, the common factor there seems to be black. And looking back at my old decks back in the 90s, I still had them in storage when I broke them out in 2017. I had there a Demir deck, which of course we didn't call Demir because that didn't exist until uh, you know Ravnica, which was what, 2007 um, or something. So those are kind of the colors that I was always gravitating towards myself. Yeah, Demir's probably my weakest combo right now. Uh, I don't play enough blue or black, and I do need to get out of my, out of my comfort zone and try to play that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, I think I could, I could learn to be a better control player. That's mm-hmm. probably the big thing I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. I like to play big stompy creatures most of the time. So even then, I'm I'm not the best. Uh, uh, aggro player from time to time either mm-hmm. but if i have the right deck build i can get pretty far with a, an aggro deck mm-hmm. i'm not like a traditional aggro player but i kind of do feel playing arena more now i have how should i say it? like less patience like i'm just ready to play and play my cards and you know my timer's still higher than my opponents because maybe they're thinking a little bit more a little harder than me and maybe i should slow down and think so it's a different kind of aggro now that it, not that it's like aggro cards but i just feel like yeah i'm ready to play so click 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 yeah i i do that for sure myself uh, i know if i've more than once uh had a misplay because of it mm-hmm. because i've been thinking I like to think ahead while the opponent is playing, but sometimes I know that I don't necessarily make the best plays because of that. Mm-hmm. So I probably do also need to slow down myself. <laughs> is there any card that you can narrow it down to at the moment in Arena Standard that you like the best? Mm, I think if I really had to choose, I would say Lucky Clover. Um, yeah. It's not super consistent but if you can get a few of them on the field then adventure decks become this really interesting uh, interaction machine mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I was especially playing the Selesnia one and so i had a bunch of cards that could uh, tap other creatures at instant speed and with a couple of clovers on the field you can like tap an entire yeah. opponent's field Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can pump your creatures, you know, five, six times pretty easily. Just need a better way to get them on the field is the problem. Yeah. Maybe in the next set. Mm-hmm. When that, uh, when the clover works, definitely. Maybe if you've even got the clover plus the what's that one? That innkeeper, that single green mana human that it doubles, that it draws you a card when you play an adventure. 
creature? Yep. Uh, for sure. Uh, every time I play that adventure deck, if those are in my opening hand, if I have one copy of the innkeeper and one copy of the clover, I am good to go. Mm-hmm. But if I'm missing either, my game suffers mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Is there any card that you just kind of like for the Vorthos of it, the aspect, you know, the artistic aspect or the feeling of it, not just because it's a good card? I think there's a few planeswalkers like that. Um, Tybalt's one of them. Hmm. Very nice artwork. Uh, not necessarily the best, not terrible with his newest printing in uh, War of the Spark, but mm-hmm. trying to think what else there is. A lot of the Ajani's, um, they're not necessarily bad cards, but in a lot of decks, they don't necessarily add enough, but his artwork is always really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And the voice acting on the Planeswalkers is pretty cool, too. Uh, Johnny's got a really nice baritone, and, Rill and Will and Rowan have, um, you know, like British accents or Irish accents. And um, what do you think about the sort of like flashiness of Arena? I like the flashiness uh, to a degree. <laughs> I think for some of it, uh, mostly as a streamer, I would like to be able to lower some of the settings. Um, yeah, not so much in the voices, but uh, some of the card effects can get a little bit you know, bogged down when I've got everything else running. Mm-hmm. But it's overall very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the one that I see a little too often that I wish they would cut down a bit is Rankle, Master of Pranks. I have a mono black deck, and I've got Rankle in there. And every time I summon him, he's got haste, and you know I'm I'm attacking with him, and his animations playing, and it's. Uh, kind of a little slow and I, and I see other people when they play questing beast while well, they're attacking with it right away and then the animation happens a little awkwardly and that it like the animation skitters across the field as they're attacking right away with their haste beast so uh, i wish they would give us a little bit more granular control of some of these effects and things yeah uh, for me especially it's just you know i have a good computer but it still takes quite a bit of performance uh, arena could use a little bit of optimization improvement. That's mm-hmm. probably my biggest, you know, constructive criticism at this point. Mm-hmm. Love the game. Kind of run slow. <laughs> I was streaming earlier today, and in between, when I was sideboarding, it it really bogged down just to be able to swap those cards in from the sideboard into the deck. I was just playing a person that was doing the cat oven deck, and we went for like on on the first game because I wouldn't concede. Um, we went down to like uh, their their timer had gone down to fifteen minutes on the first game, and then. Uh, I went to sideboard and I went to put in some of the things that will help me against that, the Leyline of the Void and uh, one or two more things. And then when the game returned back to the actual gameplay, it was fine. But I just thought it was so weird that during sideboarding, it really slowed to a crawl. It is weird. I wouldn't expect the sideboarding and the, the UI of you know adjusting your cards to have those sorts of issues. Yeah. Speaking of those decks, is there any one that you seem to play often when you jump on Arena? Mm. I think the ones that I tend to gravitate to are uh, decks that I built myself, uh, especially when I'm doing my my dailies. Um, 
I got a few that I like to play with. Uh, the one that I'm using a lot lately, I think, is uh, just a pretty simple bird aggro deck. I actually made it as a meme for 4th of <laughs> July at first because it was just guy eagles, you know, <laughs> America colors. Yeah. Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, I actually realized that it, it was working way better than I intended it to. Yeah. So I kind of messed with it and I, I cut it back to being just Azorius colors because the red really wasn't adding anything. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, out of the decks that I've built without, you know, referencing like MTG goldfish or anything, mm-hmm. um, that's probably one of my best performing decks. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Like when it's uh when it's your own brew, isn't it? It really is. I think that's, that's probably the biggest reason why I would call myself an intermediate player and not an advanced player, because I'm still really learning the arts of deck building. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one hardest part to like grasp in this game. Definitely. Even when you're limited to standard, standard has oftentimes 13 to 1500 cards compared to commander or modern where you've got 20,000 to choose from even with only 1300 there's still a lot of moving pieces and how does this card interact with that and how do these cards help my overall winning strategy that is definitely one of the the marks of an advanced player when you can put all of those pieces together the right way and consistently for sure and then just finding like particular cards that fit the niche of what you're trying to do at any given point because even then you can have five or six different cards maybe in different color identities that fulfill similar functions Mm -hmm. but maybe have slightly different uh, drawbacks or side effects Mm -hmm. okay so have you had any cool or funny or weird moments on arena that come to mind i've had a few in the past uh i think some of my favorites are when you know a big plan finally comes together and and my opponent realizes that and almost (laughs) immediately scoops Um, before the last big rotation i think one of my favorite things to do was put um on sarah's wings onto an ajani's pride mate Mm -hmm. to give it flying and lifelink and vigilance so Mm. you had this giant flying cat that would then make itself bigger every turn (laughs) I've had those get up to like 55, 55 <laughs> plus. Yeah. Uh, That's always fun when you can see that, like uh, when you see the unexpected and like you, you don't quite expect a creature that starts off as a two, two to become a, you know, 50 plus uh, power and toughness. So that, that sounds really fun. Yeah. White weenies was always one of my favorites uh, before the rotation haven't really checked to see if it works super well after the latest ban uh, came out, but mm-hmm. I am excited to see what comes of that. Mm-hmm. I've uh, also kind of dabbled in some white weenie decks, uh, a little focused on life gain, and um, I've gotten like a. There was a game recently where, without even paying too much attention, I I was at like thirty-two life. And they were at three life, uh, just a little bit at a time, gaining some life. I didn't really have a, a big payoff at that moment. I didn't have that uh, an Ajani's pride mate or any other creature that cared about life. But it's like suddenly I've got a lot of life and my opponent has a lot less. So uh, that's fun when that 
when those sort of imbalances happen and you realize that maybe I did put together the deck uh, well enough to do what I'm trying to do. Yeah, for sure. I think the only issue you have with it sometimes is just if it doesn't get the momentum at the beginning, it can fall apart decently quick. Mm -hmm. Or some board wipes, you know, you're putting together your carefully craft crafted uh, battlefield and then one board wipe and you have to start over. Yeah, that's that's definitely a real issue right now with uh, what's, what's the one that everyone's playing. Well, there's a lot of them. Kaya's Wrath, Deafening Clarion, Time Wipe. The Giant is the one that I'm really oh, yeah. thinking of. Yeah, I forget exactly. the name of it. Yeah, Summon the Giant, something like that. Yeah, we all know which one. It's the one with the big old giant hand comes down and scoops everything. Yeah, Realm Covered Giant, that's it. <laughs> or Realm Cloaked, that's it. Realm Cloaked Giant, that sounds about right. Yeah, the one that it's a creature plus an adventure. So wipes out their board or wipes out your board and then sets them up for their big old creature next time. Yep. So if you lean towards more the intermediate side of magic, what advice would you give to people just starting off? Um, I would definitely recommend uh, trying out Arena uh, if for no other reason than it helps you really well grasp um, different aspects of the game. You know, what cards you can play when, uh, how the stack works and interacts with cards. Mm -hmm. uh, the combat phase, which is, I think, seven different sub-phases at this point. Yeah. Uh, phases in general can be a little bit tough to uh, wrap your head around sometimes, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Rena does a very, very good job of showing you how it should all work together. And I think that does translate pretty well into paper. Mm -hmm. Definitely in real life, people take a lot of shortcuts, but when you play on Arena, it gives it all to you step by step so that hopefully in real life, it, it, does, it does help reinforce uh, you playing properly. Yeah. Although that also means that those infinite combos take a little bit longer. <laughs> yes, uh, more clicks just because you've got to. You can't shortcut the. You can't shortcut the computer. Yeah. Now let's play a little bit of armchair quarterback and uh, gently suggest some things about what are things that we could improve about Magic, the the game, the community, the company, the price, whatever. Like any thoughts on that? Hmm. I like, hmm, let me, let me think for a second. Mm -hmm. I like what they're doing with some of the newer products. Uh, the secret layers are kind of unique from what I've seen. Uh, I haven't really seen anything in the past that match what that was, but mm -hmm. I think they're a bit hit or miss. Mm -hmm. um, some of them were definitely better than the others. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to see more of it just maybe a little bit more careful in what they're what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, as far as Arena goes, I think they're focusing a lot on the flashier things, uh, but I'd like to see them maybe try and make it a little bit more stable under the hood. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I don't know if I'm necessarily the best qualified at this point to uh, say what they should or shouldn't do, but I have been very much enjoying... Uh, getting to know the community and, and finding out uh, everything within it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I joined at a pretty good time, too, judging by where they're 
heading uh, as as a game. Mm-hmm. Things like the uh, the new changes to the mythic tours and and mm-hmm. um, the Magic Pro League, I guess it is. Yeah, uh, seeing some of the you know the mythic qualifiers that they're making arena into an esport is uh, pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a game that's existed for twenty five years and. Honestly, they need to do a little bit of catch-up in the digital realm, but I think in the short time that it's been out to the public, I think they've gone through pretty big leaps and bounds. I first played uh, Arena when it was in closed beta also, but for me it was a little bit more around April 2018, and I've seen it grow and get improved. I think I played back at the beginning. It's all kind of a blur now, but I think in the beginning I played before they were even wild cards. So that was really cool, adding that feature. And, you know, people say, well, can we make a full trading system or a dusting system? Yeah, all of those opinions are definitely valid. I am not used to playing any any online games, I guess, like Hearthstone, where you can dust, you know, turn your worthless cards into worthful cards. So I don't miss it because I don't know it in any other games. I just know, yeah, I need wild cards and I'll grind for them and then I can craft any deck I want. But I think putting back the the collecting part of it or the trading part of it somehow into arena would be something that I'd like. Although if it's not on a top priority, I can live with it. There's plenty of other things to to do beforehand. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know I've seen a few of the newer games are using blockchain technology uh, to put some sort of real world value to the cards, which does help facilitate trades and uh, I don't know how it would work out for them to implement something like that, but it would be really cool to see something in the future where uh, the cards are backed by something that can verify who has the cards or who's traded the cards to who mm-hmm. uh, so that everything can be verified, but they can also let players trade between themselves and, and flesh out their collections that way. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. I had not heard that, but uh, it might be interesting to implement that to the game somehow because we're still early on in the development and the sky's the limit at the moment, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. Now on the other side, if you can narrow it down, what is one thing that you love about Magic? I think what I love most about Magic is just... uh, It's a very fun like community game. Uh, and every time I've gone to, you know, local game store, met a new group of people, uh, it's a very fun, you know, common ground to to chat with other people. Uh, even in my streams, it's uh, kind of a really good way of just getting people talking. Uh, is is playing through the game and uh, you know chatting with them as I, you know, mull over what I should do next in my turn. Mm-hmm. Definitely, when there's people in the chat, it makes the game a lot better. I know that uh, when I stream, um, I definitely have more fun when there's at least a few people there. And I'm trying to grow my streaming audience. I have uh, a few dedicated people that come back every Saturday night to watch me play. And it's fun when they're around and we can joke around. And what I like to do is not only uh, stream arena and such, but I also like to crack packs and like I said earlier, I like to crack uh, packs in real life. 
of like weird card sets and and all of that. So I like the community in terms of everyone likes this game and we all like different aspects of it. So uh, it's just uh, the best game, the best hobby to have. Yeah, for sure. Very good community behind it um, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So even though we agree that Magic is the best game, the best hobby, apparently there are other hobbies that exist. So do you have any other hobbies besides Magic that you're into? I have a few. Um, I do like to play games, uh, as it should be noted. You know, I play, you know, I stream. So <laughs> uh, some of the games that I stream outside of Magic are Pokemon. I've been really into the new games that just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mech Warrior, which comes out in two days for the new one. So, what system is that on? Uh, PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries. I think that releases on the tenth. Uh, I was playing the pre-release over the weekend, which was super fun. But it was just a couple of like uh, quick play skirmish missions. So mm-hmm. I'm really waiting forward uh, the. Uh, story mode that'll be coming. Mm-hmm. I feel that MechWarrior is 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 been around a while, right? There's been many iterations of it. I I think I even remember it back in the '90s with the Nintendo or Super Nintendo. It's it's pretty it's been around a while, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it has been around quite a while. Um, so MechWarrior, this is MechWarrior Five Mercenaries that's coming out. Uh, the last mainline MechWarrior game was. Four, and that one released back in the 2000s. So I think this is the first one in 12 years from what I've seen. Oh, wow. Uh, but it's part of the Battletech universe, which is a tabletop miniature game. Uh, and so there's actually a few different uh, video games and tabletop games based around uh, this particular universe and its stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, from time to time, I play Battletech on stream, not the tabletop game, but uh, a studio named Hairbrain Scheme released uh, released a video game of it mm-hmm. uh, that incorporates most of the rules pretty well. Mm-hmm. And have you ever played the tabletop version of of that? I would love to, but no. <laughs> it's very uh, kind of like Warhammer. It, it's one of those hobbies where you. It's not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. Yeah have to have all the the paints and everything and if you don't have friends to play with it's probably not the the best thing to get into because then you'll just be sitting with a bunch of miniatures and nothing to do with them mm-hmm. although i have wanted to start painting some of the miniatures regardless speaking of painting miniatures and such did you ever get into gundam I keep meaning to. Uh, I've gotten a few models, not of Gundam, but uh, of that sort, and I, I keep wanting to get into Gundam. The one that I miss that I used to do back in the day was uh, Zoids. Oh, okay. It's kind of like Gundam, but everything, all the robots were animals. Oh, yeah. Those were like kits that you would build, or or kind of like more towards Transformers? They were kits, yeah. They were they were model kits. Uh, I had a few different ones. One of them was uh, like a, a transport that was a snail, and it pulled a couple of platforms behind it. Uh, there was the big main character one was the Liger, uh, which was this like you know big lion looking 
Zoid that had, you know, blades or shields, yeah. different guns coming off of it, depended on the generation. Mm-hmm. You don't have any of those kits anymore? They kind of uh, floated off somewhere? Uh, I think it's one of those things where you can, it, it's still decent in Japan, but nobody's importing them. Mm. I think it used to be, I want to say Bandai who was importing them, but they stopped a few like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I was into Gundam and I just don't have the time to build them anymore, but it was pretty enjoyable. All of those little pieces and putting together, you know, starting off with the one to 44, one to 144 scale and then trying the one to 100 scale. And uh, I never got into like the really complex ones, but I built a few that were pretty cool and I've got them in storage somewhere and I keep telling myself I want to finish building the ones that I bought like eight years ago that I never finished building. Yeah, I do like building the models. It gets a bit zen when you're uh, just kind of sitting there and, you know, building things out. Usually, you know, put on a movie or something. So I split my focus between them, but Mm -hmm. it's it's very fun to build those. Mm -hmm. One thing I never got into with it was painting and customizing. Oh, same here. Yeah. I I would be amazed at people that weathered the paint jobs and outlined the little panels and everything, but I never got that far. Yeah, that's one of the big thing. I did download a a 3D file of one of my favorite mechs from MechWarrior, uh, and I've always wanted to print that out on a 3D printer and add build a little diorama of mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. paint on the camo that I like and, and weather it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I've even seen people who've done that and then they'll give it like bullet wounds where they <laughs> take a, maybe a small screwdriver, heat it up a bit, and then they kind of melt plastic to look like yeah. it's been shot. Yeah. Which That's... is really cool. Yeah. People can get so creative Taking those little miniature concepts and making them real world. Yeah. Well, I think that's what I'm going to be looking for on your next stream when you start to uh, construct and paint your models kits again. Yeah, I don't think I've ever streamed one of those, but I have thought about doing that. I hmm. would like to someday. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. What do you think about the announcement of our whole roadmap for 2020 in the release schedule for Magic sets? I actually haven't seen everything about that yet. I know the first set that's coming, uh, what is it, Theros? Yes, Theros Beyond Death. Uh, what else was coming out next year? Let me send you a link right here. Let's see. So you got Theros Behind Beyond Death. Ikoria, Lair of Behemoths, Core 2021, and then Zendikar. Okay. So I know I've, uh, I've, I have a few cards in Commander decks uh, from a few of the Zendikar sets. So I am kind of interested to see how that works out. Hmm. Lair of Behemoths, too. I, I'm not going to lie. As somebody who likes to play big monsters, that one <laughs> does kind of excite me just by name alone. Yeah. 
I guess they did something good there just just by the name of things like Theros and Zendikar are definitely returns to previous planes. I was not playing with the original Theros, but I know a lot of people have nostalgia for it. I wasn't playing during Zendikar and people like that. This would be the third or the second return to, you know, the third set on Zendikar. But Ikoria, yeah, it's the first. It's a brand new set like Eldraine. It's a brand new set like uh, Ixalan. And they say it's something about monsters and you can put them together and they're being vague about the mechanic and such. But there we have the game plan of what's coming in 2020. Almost makes me wonder if they're going to do something with one of those unsets had a bunch of monsters that you could stick together. Oh, yeah. I almost wonder if they're going to try and make that into an actual mechanic. Maybe some variation of it. I, I did play some Unstable and it was pretty fun making like a half kitten turbo kangaroo or whatever. And that was pretty weird and fun. So I hope they do that on a, on a black border set. Actually, that is something that I am looking forward to. They did announce that they're coming out with a new unset. I don't know if it's going to be boosters. I think they actually said it would be more like a battle deck set. Yeah. Uh, but as a newer player who learned about the unset, I'm actually quite excited about that one. Yeah, it's called Unsanctioned, and I think that's what I heard, that it's more of a self-contained, complete deck sort of thing instead of boosters. So you'll be able to combine the red deck plus the white deck and um, just have these like kind of pre-made decks that you can expand upon and do a little kind of party game with it. So I think that'll be cool because uh, uh, towards the end of my original gameplay... In the first generation of Magic, back in the 90s, we had un, Unhinged, uh, or was it Unglued? No, there was Unglued, the very first unset, and it was like weird, wacky cards. And then I wasn't playing during the second one, which was Unhinged. And then when I got back into playing, they had Unstable, and that was like so weird, so fun, so much dice rolling and high-fiving each other. So I'm sure they'll have more of that in Unsanctioned. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But yeah, I like where they're going with these new sets that they're coming out with. Uh, I am pretty excited to see how it all pans out. and uh, Especially when we come up to quarter three, I think we'll have that next set rotation. We'll lose Ravnica, so mm. that'll be an interesting time, I think. Yeah, a lot of these decks that are on everyone's minds... Um, are going to be changed somewhat. And that's one of the strengths and weaknesses of, of Standard, isn't it? That we have this card pool for some amount of time to build decks, and then some go away, and you have a brand new Standard environment where the field is open. Yeah, for sure. I think that's why, uh, as someone who doesn't really play a lot of draft, I, I like uh, MTG Arena so much. It makes playing Standard a lot easier uh, than trying to go out and buy a whole bunch of cards and uh, you know put together the the best deck possible with arena you can pretty easily get the cards that you need uh, and you know play with some more powerful decks without spending a whole lot of money if any at all mm -hmm. yeah for like myself i haven't put any real money into arena yet i've just played and grinded for gold and bought packs and uh, gotten the cards that I've needed, and I and I've had very few times where I was really hurting for 
any card that I needed, I just play a little bit more and try to get the get that gold. So I think it's a testament to the game that if those that want to invest real money into it, they can, and they're free to do so. And those that don't want to, you just keep playing more magic and you can get there as well. Yeah. Well, Zariah, would you like to promote again? Tell everyone your stream or Twitter or anything else you'd like people to check out. Yeah, if you uh, want to check me out, I'm on twitch.tv slash Zariah. Uh, I usually stream after work on when uh, Mondays and Thursdays, and then Saturdays I stream in the late afternoon around Central Time. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Twitter, at Zariah underscore B. I like to post dumb things. <laughs> what is Twitter for except for dumb things? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, getting into magic discussions. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Um, this whole podcast is designed to just talk to different people that are into magic. The only stipulation is that they have to be into magic. And I've uh, had different guests just about every single week. I've done this podcast since the beginning of um, uh, 2019. And uh, I will. I feel that I'll continue to keep doing it. So usually I have a person on for like their intro episode. And if they had a nice time, I'll have them back later on to talk maybe a little bit more strategy. So hopefully I'll have you back too. Hopefully. Maybe uh, around the time one of the new sets release. Sure thing. So... As for myself, I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitch. Just search VM Campos on all of those. I stream on Saturdays, 11 p.m. Pacific time. I often do drafting or maybe climb the ladder or crack packs and such. I'm also on Patreon, patreon.com slash VM Campos. If people follow for free on Patreon, they'll get alerted to all the stuff I do. I do deck tech videos. There's a... Um, there's a popper deck tech that I just released this past Monday. People can see that for free. If they want to go to the $1 pledge, they'll get access to the exclusive stuff, like maybe some sideboard guides and such. Or if they go to the $2 pledge, I'll actually mail people, uh, some vintage magic cards from, from my collection. But no, not a Black Lotus, just some other fun, interesting old cards. That's to thank people for becoming a patron. So, I'm all over the place online as VM Campos and VMCampos.com. Uh, well, Zariah, one more time, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena. <laughs> <laughs>